Joined as always by Ryan Zanetsky. Hello, sir. Welcome back to the studio. I'm um, glad we're not doing this in the cold, what rainy. What is with this line? Of... Oh, sorry. <laughs> for the uh, for the audio <laughs> listeners, Ryan normally says well hello there, but he's watching the 24 Hours of Le Mans stream, which is on the TV in the studio. So I'll say hello back for him. And then we're also joined by a guest this week, Randy Stern of Victory and Reseda. Hello. Hey, Randy. Hello. How are you? And I'm also watching Le Mans. Well, that's just fine. There's a reason why it's streaming. We didn't do it for no reason. Two different screens within our viewing range. Yeah, I also (laughs) I dropped the brightness on both the displays so the streaming audience can watch as well if they get bored with us, which is probably going to happen. Yes. And also, I'm wearing the Pusheen shirt just for uh, the listeners of last week's episode if they didn't know what we were talking about. I'm wearing a Renault shirt. (laughs) And the joke is it says one, two, three, four in French, and it's a Renault five below it. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, we're cool. All right, moving right on to beer. (laughs) Yes, all right. Ryan, what are we drinking this week? We are drinking Summit Maybach. Um, Mm. It is a blonde Bach. (laughs) I'm also a blonde Bach. Um, Summit is typically a brewery that I have very little love for. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of perturbed by that, but I understand. Well, I mean, it's, everything they do, it's like, how do we add more flavor? More hops! And Yeah, it's just no, like, I, I agree with you. I'm not really a hoppy beer fan, and like, there's a lot of summer beers I don't really like drinking. Yeah, but they have a couple that are really good. Like, I had a Summit uh, Weiss beer at uh, Stouts in Roseville on Friday, and it was really good. My thing is, I had a porter from them. Yeah. Porters, which are notoriously Not malty. hoppy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they added flavor to it. The hops? Additional hops. Interesting. It's yeah. It, it's it's like somebody that's never had beer before decides to make beer. But I mean, no, it's you know, like a bro is brewing. Yeah, all these well, different yeah, things. you know, probably I do see a lot of bros. Like some, it's the go <laughs> like the beer you go to in Minnesota to say, oh man, I love craft beer. It's like barely a craft brewery. I so. saw something on Facebook just before I went to sleep last night. In my news feed. It was. Uh, uh, IPAs are the pumpkin spice lattes of bros. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I chimed right. in saying false that pumpkin spice lattes were the pumpkin spice lattes of bros. <laughs> but anyway, let's, let's uh, see how let's that thing crack sounds. it open and see. It doesn't taste like shit. Sounded good. Sounds fine. Uh, again, it's a. It it's good, more, but I can more taste hops. some hop in there. Why are there hops in this? <laughs> I don't know. It's it, it is a blonde Doppelbach. This is supposed to be like not hoppy. Yeah, I don't get it. It's supposed to be smoother than it is. It's got a little bit of that effervescent bite to the back. Well, there is our first, second beer. Where actually, probably the first one I like outwardly dislike. Hmm. So okay, second beer I'm not okay with because that cherry tart one that Aaron brought the first time. Oh, it was horrible. That was fine. I like that one. Ugh. Wasn't happy. What are you drinking, Randy? Actually, I'm drinking non-alcoholic stuff because I'm trying to stay sober for as much as possible. That's although, fine. Although I did break my yeah. own rule. Well, I want your review of Coca-Cola Zero. Coca-Cola yeah, Zero. Yeah, look, yeah, it's Coca-Cola it without the uh, salt. Um, that's probably it's the best way to electrolyte. <laughs> salt, Randy. Honestly, though, <laughs> it's sugar. it's how I it's how I feel that Diet Coke tastes. So I went with Coke Zero because it tastes more like regular Coke without all the sugar and calories and all that stuff. Coke Zero is tolerable. Diet Coke is not. Exactly. So, but if I do drink beer um, on rare occasion, 
uh, definitely, I, I'm a grain belt guy, so I like my grain belt premium. I was going to say premium and Northeast. And Northeast, okay. exactly. Both. And it's a good, it's a good go-to beer. Yeah, those yeah. are excellent drinkable But you beers. see, my go-to is actually Stella. So, uh, however, I did have Stroh's last week in Detroit. Mm. Never again. <laughs> what did you have? Stroh's. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Stroh's, for those of you who don't know, Stroh's was this beer that was sold in the 80s. That was a big deal. Uh, fire-brewed, City of Detroit beer, sold cross-country, and then all of a sudden no you longer. You lost me at fire-brewed. Yeah, exactly. So uh, <laughs> I was in an event in Detroit last week and uh, figured, oh, yeah, well, the beers are free, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Open bar, dude. Yeah, exactly. So I, uh, they were, they, I said, do you have any Stella? No, we only have Detroit beers. And it's all these Detroit microbrews and everything. That so it's great. full of lead-impregnated drinking water? It actually sounds and microplastics. Well, I'm not an adventurous <laughs> sort, so uh, I'm, I don't want to start going down that abyss. I'm not, I, ironic I'm, for your job. Exactly, which is crazy <laughs> because uh, I'm not Bobby Fluke. But uh, <laughs> Well, for your job, perhaps we should segue into yeah, the first set of questions. Oh, yeah, that thing. So, yeah. Randy, let's start off with who you are and then what Victory and Reseda is. Well, I am an automotive journalist, blogger, photographer, whatever you want to call me these days. Victory and Reseda is my... I call uh, you Randy. Yeah, thank you. Um, my, my baby is uh, Victory and Reseda, which is randystern.net. That's R-A-N-D-Y-S-T-E-R-N.N-E-T. And I was wondering how you spelled net. I was really wondering on the net. Like, I knew the Randy Stern <laughs> part, but I'm glad you... Okay, You cool. know, there might be some people listening that may not know how to spell it. Nah, Pistox doesn't N-A-T. know how to get to those. Damn it. How can I get to this website? <laughs> so it's my it's my baby it's my websites where most of my uh, content comes i dabble with history uh re- car reviews when i get a chance uh you know some um industry stuff uh commentary i also have a couple of columns uh i have a radio column which means i talk about the um the state of what's a radio because radio's now an integral part of breed. the automobile yeah yeah true but there's still a lot of good um, This is the wave of the about. future, Randy, the podcast. Yes, as long as you have The wave Apple of the future CarPlay. from 10 years ago. Yeah, like <laughs> as, 2002 or yeah. whenever they came out, really. As long as you have Apple CarPlay or Android Auto and use your uh, podcast app, you're good. Oh, well, you can also find us on SoundCloud, which is where I host this, and YouTube. That as is well true. As the podcast addict app. So. This is very true. Oh no, stream unavailable due to policy violations. You guys keep talking. I'm gonna find a new stream for the iPad. Ooh, we, we're in trouble. Well, anyway, so Randy, you have never—I've never seen you in the same car twice. What What are you driving? What do you drive? I do not own a vehicle because of a where I live, which is pretty close to next to the city of Minneapolis. Um, B. <laughs> Uh, I drive whatever the manufacturers drop off at the uh, front door. Uh, I'm not being arrogant, but that's usually how it is these days. Um, I find myself that I'm not a good car owner. Uh, okay. So uh, and and also the cost of owning a car these days, especially cars that I really would like to own, that's out of my that's out of my uh, pocket. So you know that's part of why I got into being into weird old cars because they're affordable. Insurance is cheap, and as long as you don't total the car out, you're fine. Because if you total it out, you're not going to get anything for it. <laughs> yep. Which one oh, probably... I rolled the dice on a lot of cars with like no comprehensive or collision. I'm like, well, I really hope nothing happens. <laughs> this is true. Uh, Opposite this of the electric is very true. Fiat, where I chase hailstorms. 
No, this is very um, true. Cool. <laughs> so, well, that's cool. So uh, what, what are you driving right now then? You mentioned you don't own a vehicle, but I saw you pull up in something that's actually kind of interesting to me. It is interesting. It's uh, a 2018 Chevrolet Cruze diesel hatch. And um, you and if you put it all together, I think the diesel part pops out the most because it's Chevrolet and General Motors committing to diesel. Um, that's actually really cool. It's it's really probably the most European car you can get. Yeah. Ironically, it's not a coming from Europe. Yeah, I don't suppose they offer it in a manual, but uh, yes, they do offer it in a manual. That's I would buy that. Yes, they offer the diesel in both a that's, manual and automatic. That might be the greatest decision GM has made. That might be the since best the GM product since well, except for the Corvette, but. Maybe, maybe I would there. put that over the Corvette. The Corvette's not I that great. I think I'd rather have a diesel manual cruise hatch than a than a Corvette. Corvette. I would. That if would. I'm that, my own that, money. that is my favorite General Motors product now because that's super cool. Well, no, you know my my stance. The Corvette is it's a perfectly fine car, but yep. I want to get it for as cheap as possible. Right. No, I mean yeah. you have to factor cost into the equation. And th- it's the same reason why I say the Mirage is the best Mitsubishi. I'm inclined to agree after, it's, after driving that one. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's the cost-benefit analysis. It's like, do you want the worst car that you can get, you can get for your money? Mm-hmm. Or do you want the most car you can get? The, wor- the worst or the most, basically. Mm-hmm. And I bet the residual, like, percentage-wise, is going to be better on the cruise diesel hatch <laughs> manual than it will be on the Corvette. <laughs> I kind of I want that now. How does it drive? It actually drives pretty good. There's a lot of torque, so there's 250. 40 pound feet of torque which uh, you yes. definitely feel it and that's a, that's a lot for that small of a car it is very a lot but keep in mind a diesel is actually a fiat diesel which they've been <laughs> excellent in, oh really which is no no the thing is is that general motors used to have a 20 percent share in uh fiat spa before fiat chrysler happened and before the that, uh, global uh, financial crisis is the engine in that the same as the first gen cruise diesel as a matter of fact it's an improvement from the first gen is it a 1.9 1.6 1.6 okay is it a J- jtd the uh, fiat engine no actually it's not a jtd i'm i'm going to say no because i'm I gonna go look at that after this episode's done because i'm very, very curious too. i think you should actually except the paddle that the panel up top of it says ecotech We'll throw you off. Well, I'm going to pull that off. Well, they always put EcoTac on anything. Yes, yeah. they do. I'm pretty Yay, sure it, branding. I'm pretty sure there's a tugboat somewhere in Detroit. This is EcoTac on it. Oh God! With <laughs> V20 <laughs> diesel. <laughs> so eco, bro. It's right outside the Winter Garden of Rensen. There you so, go. So, Randy, you, what's interesting about you is you you kind of come from a normal guy perspective looking at cars. Mm-hmm. That like a normal guy that happens to be interested. In cars, to a degree, it's a, you're not. What I'm trying to say is, you're not this sort of guy. Is like bicep deep in engine grease every weekend and drifting. Uh, How did you get into your position as automotive reviewer? I come from a riding background, but okay. I've also been interested in cars since I was like um, that I tall. Know. I don't think I was that tall ever, but uh, <laughs> your poor mother. <laughs> my poor mother exactly and she's dead anyway uh that's pretty morbid did it have something everyone look at the happy kitty did it have something to do with a 45 pound baby that she pumped out <laughs> did she die at birth <laughs> no she didn't die at birth and i was i was probably about eight pounds or something like that i don't remember but it's a big baby <laughs> it was a big baby You're like a, a half a modi i was a big kid but how, much, not... how much was your how heavy was your brother's baby seven pounds six ounces wow Wow. Anywho. She was more than full term, too. She just arrived in the world last Friday, so. Yay. Yay. All right. Seven, yeah. Way to go, Scott. 
That is some. When you mentioned the beer Stella, I'm like, oh, that's my niece's name. <laughs> <laughs> is her middle name Artois? No, it's it's May. <laughs> anyway, so okay, yeah, you are already kind of touching on how you got into the journalism background, but you you were interested in cars. You were presumably around them a bit. A but, lot, um, because I was a kid. Um, I was one of those kids who can remember the car that my dad had before he traded in for a sixty for a new '67 Impala which was a 65 Plymouth Satellite. And I don't know how in the hell I figured out it was a 65 Plymouth Satellite when you're like two, three years old. Is that why you like the 66 Chevy sedan behind you? That's a 67. Yeah, it's a 67. It's got the different taillights. Really? Yeah. Yes. No. They I mean, I'll, I'll take your word for they it. They change no the taillights every, every year. Oh, I know. And, well, they changed everything every year. Well, no, I mean, for like 67, Fine, 66, 67, Chevy. 68, and Powell is like... The big thing that changed were the taillights. Oh, yeah. I'm it bored by that then. Randy, what are your favorite local events in the show? Uh, <laughs> shows throughout As the year? we're moving along the agenda, I don't have a favorite because the fact oh, is... Oh, you got to be able to pick favorites. I can't. Ah, um, I, can, I really can't because I know a lot of great people in the car community. Also, not no, anyway. Um, but uh, I love going to a variety of car uh, events. If there's a favorite, it's not in the Twin Cities. And it happened last weekend in Detroit. Wish I was there. It's the Chrysler Employee Motorsports uh, Association. Brian, did show. I invite Randy or did you? Uh, you he's did. talking about non... I'm sorry. Non, Non-Twin Cities non stuff? Non-Minnesota well, stuff. it's fine because there's people outside of the Twin Cities that listen. There but will I asked be. what his favorite local events or shows were. And well, you know, well, rel- relatively, relatively speaking to Mars, I mean, he's got it. It's what n- what it's are not your Uganda. favorite Minnesota-based shows and events throughout the year? <laughs> well, now that we've concentrated on Minnesota, yes. I don't have really one favorite that stands <sighs> out because I like you know I enjoy most of them. All right, Ryan, you do the basic. What's your least then. favorite? How about that? <laughs> you see, is I it like- cars and coffee? I can't answer that question. It's Carson Coffee. I can't. Okay, no. thank you. All right, right. <laughs> number four and five. All yeah. right, I will. So number four. Uh, this is our first question. There is a correct answer to this, but I want your honest answer. More importantly, there's an incorrect answer to this. Yes. There uh, is. Fast car slow or slow car fast? Always a slow car fast. Finally, you redeemed yourself. I honestly thought that you were going to say fast car slow. Oh. I was the first time all we week. get that. I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. I think we'll just like not have a, a guest for the rest of it. Or we'll, just, we'll spend the next hour no, making fun of that person. No, you always <laughs> drive that. a slow car fast so you could push the limit push of the engine the and everything. <sighs> <laughs> all right, question five. Uh, all right, so question five. I'm going to taste up my beer and then I'll go into it. Okay. Brandy is actually the first one that has been primed on this question. Uh, yeah, I know. Beforehand. We shouldn't have done that. I know. Uh, well, actually, no, I did not give him specifics. No, I, I just to told him. Podcasts. I told him that. Okay, so I guess any one of our. Well, I mean, I guess thank you for listening to the podcast. Yeah, we also... we just we don't go out of our way to tell people, right. you know, welcome. ahead of time. <laughs> so, Mo- Mondial Challenge, um, you listen to it. Uh, Burger was offered a 86? 86. 84. 84, I'm sorry. 84, Froy Mondial, hard top. Yep. Um, it was a Quattro Valvole, yep. uh, V8. It's transverse mounted, makes about 240 to 260 horsepower, somewhere in that ballpark. Mm-hmm. Um, car did not have an engine in it. Or a transmission. Or a transmission, Yes. It is too cheap of a car to get the correct engine transmission because that's a very sought-after engine transmission, but a very not sought-after chassis. Yes. Um, what would became a parts car for three? Yes, <laughs> exactly. It otherwise the car is perfect. It'd yeah, be a it was great. Nice. It'd be a great driver. Uh, but 
what would you put into it to make it a driver? I, of course, you yourself would be probably paying somebody to do it, which is not a big deal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which, there, there are there are things that I don't do on my car either. Um, <laughs> body work and exhaust work, namely. Um, I want to have to put just put some bolts together. But anyway, uh, it has to be transverse, so mounted, pointing between the axles, mm-hmm. yep. instead of pointing front to back. Yep. And it has to be with a manual transmission. Mm-hmm. And if you can't it's, cut sheet metal. And you cannot cut sheet metal. And if it's automatic, you fail. So. Yeah, you just, we're not going to accept it. We're not going to accept an automatic transmission. No. And I know you have, the, you have the most experience with manuals. Assume you've already learned how to drive this particular manual. Well, here's the thing is that, first of all, I got to disagree about the whole you can't you cannot put another Ferrari because. No, you can just not that one, because that one that it's a car. Oh, really? Okay. No, that, that's a car that's worth about like mm, it was listed 20 for six th- and a half yeah. grand. It's so. six and a half grand. <laughs> yes. It that, was worth probably thirty five or forty with the motor. Yeah, as I say, like thirty five. Yeah. And that, that that engine alone is worth. That 40. Yep. <laughs> See, the purest, the purest part of me says, I'm going to break that rule and drop in the actual engine that's supposed to go in that car. Not allowed. But it's not allowed. Mm-hmm. So I have several We're options. We're trying to cover all the bases here. We really yeah, I know. No, 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 no. You guys made a very, it's a very good challenge, by the way. And for those of you who don't know about engines and transmissions and how things put together in we have a, a pretty smart constituent constituency i think they all yeah. i i'm trying to talk to the readers the viewers the listeners that i'm going to bring in for this one okay oh, okay right. so you know because I'll back the shit off then that no never mind <laughs> 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 no it, it, this one's a tough one because i've been thinking about this and i'm going the only engine that would be logical for this is, is a cruise diesel jtd with the manual Wrong, cool Kimasabi. That'd be a really cool swap. That would be a really cool swap, except for one thing. What? The Mondial is a two plus two. Yep. Supercar. Sort of, kind of. Sort of, kind of. No, it's it's a supercar. But the thing uh, is, is it right. makes two hundred and forty horsepower, which, which in nineteen eighty four was, was a whole bunch. But today is totally attainable. Any engine ever. Yeah. But you see, this is where I'm getting at. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. We will. Is is the Acura NSX V6, the first gen, transversely mounted? It is. Yes, it is. Both of them were. The, the C32 and the 332. Yeah. You see, here's what I would do. Is I would get a first gen NSX driveline with the manual and pop it in. Why? Because A, transversely mounted. B, there's plenty of room and in And you're going to make the same amount of power. Actually, more. 280. Exactly. So, the tra- that's a good and, answer. And, and that is not an answer I expected out of you, yeah, Randy. That's I, an and, excellent answer. I'm not going to lie. I was expecting what? like a 3.5 V6 out of like a Malibu. Okay. <laughs> Probably be a 3.6. The, yeah. There's one rule you should impose on this. Never put an American driveline in a Ferrari. Oh, Nick, Nick Johannes will fight you. I know he will. Okay. I, I mean, that's fine. And shout I think out he's to the only Nick. one to give the LS the light of day, though. Yeah, well, because we basically yell at everybody, and he yeah. just got through the yelling, and yeah. we just let him deal with it, because I think I was very Plus, hot Plus, he, he donated the webcam for the stream. Yes, he did. So, so yeah, he, he, he did. was allowed. You know, if you make a donation, you can say something stupid. Right. I think <laughs> he's going to donate a second one, too, so we can actually get a better image well, of the... You display. know, but anyway. shout out to Nick, and shout out to Braunschweig. They're a really good group of guys anyway, so um, I'm glad to have Victory and Receipt on the flanks of their car as well. Good. Cool. Um, well, that, we'll go with that as a correct answer. A C30 so, would be cool. We were going to have Tucker on um, this time, but Tucker 
has he, the he could do schedule. it, and then he couldn't do it, and then we were trying to schedule him at Brainerd, and then I was going to go up a little late to Brainerd to squeeze him in beforehand, and he still couldn't do it. So it was it was a nightmare. So anyway, yeah, it's we were gonna have we were gonna have two LGBT presenters on yeah. for Pride Week coming up. Um, we were trying, trying to, <laughs> so we didn't do that. Well, at least um, we got Randy. Yes, we do. Randy, Randy you, you have written for Lavender, which is kind of cool. I still am, actually, still at do. this time. Okay. <laughs> nice. At this time. No, I have, I have read your, your writing for them. It's actually... I was going to say, we only talked about Victor yeah. and Rosita. Feel free to yeah, well, plug, yeah, your, plug okay, so, everything so else the, that you do. Uh, yeah, so the regional uh, LGBT magazine that's based in, in Edina mm-hmm. is called Lavender Magazine. It's reached... That's from Edina? It's actually now headquartered in Edina. Cool. That's, Really cool and super ironic because Edina is not a uh, progressive city, really. Oh, no, it kind of is. It, all right, so when when you think of Edina, you think I of, think new money. You think no, I think of old white people Ooh, driving no, 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 Lincoln. No, no. There's only a couple streets in Edina where there's real, <laughs> you're talking interlocking and Rolling Green. That's no, everything else is pretty young, more or less progressive people. I feel like. Well, then you have like Blake Road, where oh, you, yeah, you, yeah, you yeah, just yeah, have like yeah. middle class Republicans. So. <laughs> I just avoid Blake Road, thank you. Yeah, exactly. It's a good driving road. It's well, all, I still avoid. It's I all find a blow through there at double the speed limit, allegedly. That's exactly what I do. Wee! Edina's got probably some of the best driving roads in the Southwest Metro. They're very well cared for roads, typically. They're they're well cared for. They got a lot of corners. And it's fun to hoon around, and and you don't feel guilty because you're just ruining the bourgeoisie. Yes. yes. And don't forget <laughs> the Edina police. But anyway. Well, um, there's too many Shout corners. out to Ricky Har. Yeah, hey. Oh, Ricky Har's in the yeah. uh, EPD? Yeah. Hi, Ricky. I hope if I ever get pulled over by anyone in the Dinets. Yeah. Isn't David Knorr a police officer, too? Uh, yeah, he uh, he works for Metro Transit. He actually, oh, God. I, I, I met him for the first time again like three weeks ago when he dropped off a set of wheels and tires. That's excellent. Yeah. Because he looks like Uncle him. Fester. I don't even know who that is. From the Adams Family? Okay. The big, you never saw the Adams Family? I sure did, but it was like 94 last time oh. I saw it. Like, you, you know the, the big spooky looking uncle, the bald guy? Yeah. Yeah, that guy looks like David Knorr. Maybe similar to the shape, but isn't he bald? Yeah, but he's got the same like dark eyes and like. Yeah, but like David has a lot of hair, so maybe he looks more like Randy. No, he doesn't. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, Randy, sorry for. for Yeah, you got to point through our digression. Sorry for the tangent. Anyway, so so you wrote you you wrote for (laughs) (laughs) you you wrote for for lavender or write for for lavender, Um, and yeah, just gonna tell us about some of the other places you write for. Well, the thing is, is that uh, recently I've done some work for Car Soup, which I've done some work for in the past. It's been four years, but, uh, you know, shout out to everybody at Cuneo and Car Soup. Hopefully you all listening to this. Um, if not, they will soon, I'm sure. They will. Hey, don't exactly. trust me. It's like, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, actually, but the thing is, is that I've done some other publications. Like I, I've done IC Cars. I've done uh, Carfax's uh, website. And um, I also do consulting for um, uh you know, in the industry as well. So I do a lot of writing do for you, that consultancy. Uh, do you do any columns on uh, Ryan's most favorite area, which is autotrader.com forward slash overstate? No, stop. <laughs> We're not talking about that. Doug DeMiro can go die. If you're listening, Doug DeMiro, I hate you. Don't worry, he won't. I had to. <laughs> I, I, had to. <laughs> I hate Doug DeMiro so much. No, no. He's like I, piss jugs, but like a different person. Like, like a grown up adult piss jugs. If you had a mole. That's with perfect. a big, gross mole. Wow, that is actually uncanny. That's a perfect description. Yeah, yeah. Doug Demiro is such a cocksucker. Um, anyway, it's got I was, cocksuckers. I, I was, I was, <laughs> if you want to come on the podcast and debate Ryan in person, I would love to have you on. Fly him out from Philly. There you go. Right. Um, he moved to SoCal. 
Oh, he did? Yeah, yep. of course he moved to Silicon. Uh, you see how much I follow him. But um, the only videos of him I watch now are on Thursday nights when Ryan's over. If if anybody can send us a video of kicking of them kicking Doug DeMiro's Doug DeMiro in the balls, I will send you motor cult swag personally. <laughs> okay. If somebody can send me a video of you kicking piss jugs in the balls, I'll send you a hundred dollars. There you go. There you go. And a motor cult sticker. We and are not we're not condoning violence. Oh, yeah. actually, no, no. I mean, I'm not sure I can't that. say that. Do not do, do not definitely do, do not that. kick him in the nuts for a hundred dollars. <laughs> totally. Because I feel like somebody would actually do that. Probably. It'd be really hilarious. It's gonna get expensive for me, actually. No, don't do that. Yeah, please don't do that. Yeah, don't um, do that. anyway. So we're watching uh, yeah, yeah, Le Mans. We're, we're watching Le Mans. Um, you so know, are our lucky streamers. Yeah, so are our lucky streamers. Getting two streams in one yeah, stream. That one shut down. Um <laughs> So, all right. Well, actually, what, what I'm interested about is Toyota set yeah. a um, uh, fastest lap time for their class uh, yesterday during practice. It's like a 3.16 or something, which is pretty quick. Um, the thing is, that sounds really good for Toyota. Mm-hmm. And I really want this to be the year I'm always running for Toyota because they've never won. They've come super close. Like, they've come, like, to a point where they've led every lap yeah. in their class. I like their old and GT1. Then, and like then that. they crashed out like on the last <laughs> lap. Or like <laughs> last year, they had this perfect car, did the same thing, set the fastest lap time, made it, and then both cars simultaneously broke down for like four hours like left. Great. Just at the very end. Right of, at the end. Yeah, right at the very end. Whereas and like I, I know those things are built super high strong and they last like the race sometimes, yeah. but sometimes Or there was, there was one where uh, Toyota, like, just annihilated, or Toyota got annihilated by a Ferrari that understeered into them, ironically. Uh, but it's just like... Was it they, powered by Audi? Probably. But they have, like, the worst luck with Le Mans, and I'm really, really, really rooting for them, because I, the I want them to... I really want them to win. Plus, you know how... I can only imagine how apeshit everybody will go at Japanese nostalgia car on our uh, Slack uh, app, or just... It just blow up. <laughs> so, I'm actually uh, agreeing with you guys because the fact that Toyota's do and they've had some really good engineering with the Gazoo team. They had some really good drivers. The only thing is, is that the uh, you know right now it's wide open up at uh, up at the P1. So they have no they have I mean it's theirs to win yeah. up at the up at the main podium. And it, the, the thing is, is that they have to watch their reliability. They also have to watch, uh, you know, what happens when you go overnight because overnight's going to be the critical part. If you can get through overnight mm-hmm. and go into the next morning, then you're pretty good. But then again, as we saw last year, they almost had it and then poof, they lost it. Well, what they need to do is put in their two-liter twin VVTi Corolla coupe engine, no. or just send the Corolla out as it is. Perfect. Yeah, they'll they Corolla will... hatchback by the way. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that is. The, yeah, thank you. They that should make a Corolla coupe. Akito Toyota, if you're yeah, listening, I'm please make hatchback. a Toyota Corolla Coupe. <laughs> we won't buy it, but please make it. Oh, I will buy it. <laughs> Sorry, he will buy it used. No, I will buy it new. That's It'll be the only new car I buy. So subprime, though. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> um, so uh, another thing that I also had noted um, was actually uh, Mazda, mm-hmm. the Miata. Yeah. Do that's you, like, that's do you want to talk about that? Or well, do you want me that's, to? that's down at the end here. Oh, okay. I just saw that the link was right below. Yeah, you had two things I, in a row, so I I'm moved sorry. it down to the end. So, that's fine. Yeah, no, we'll, but I'll talk about my topic here. Which let's is, talk uh, about the Mazda later. Yeah, we will. Yes. Oh, wow. Foreshadowing. Yes. We're going to talk about level. the ND later. Everyone should be very excited. Uh, I want to talk about uh, classic cars. 
Uh, we, we've done this quite a few times, uh, more or less just kind of speculating on... Did your not update? No, my computer just decided I wanted to freeze. Oh, nice. it's a brick. <laughs> anyway, the pink laptop is doing whatever it's doing. Uh, we've talked about, you know, the EM1 and what we think is going to happen with the futures of collectability and all that kind of stuff. Right now, it's, you know, the, the stuff like 50s, 60s, 70s, muscle cars, those are kind of popular. Lots of weird niche German stuff has really taken off, but yeah. we're all speculating that Japanese mm -hmm. stuff is really going to be the next stuff to take off. And... There's usually like an instigating car or set of cars that kind of kick off a movement like that. Yeah. I don't really know what that was for the American stuff like 10, 15 years ago, but for the you German mean, stuff, like it's making, like making the muscle cars. Right. I would probably say, well, I it's guess like Hemi Kudos and Camaros. Well, we should say because 10, even 10, 15 years ago, American yeah. muscle cars were still a thing. American muscle cars right. have been a thing since like are, the 90s. They, they bubbled in like 2000. Yeah, the mid 2000s. It was yeah. yeah, it really was like the. Convertible Hemi Kudas and like a lot of Mopar stuff. Yeah. The R Copo Camaros, the yeah, really yeah. weird low production number. Right, the, the thing Yanko is, stuff too, yep. you could just customize them so much. You could ease, there are probably 10,000 one off yeah. American muscle cars that are one of one yeah. because there was the only person to make that option. But I mean, set. they're usually built on something. Yes. So, I mean, they'll, it's like the, the Tommy Kyra. GTR that we talked about. Yes. It's an existing car that's been modified by a well-known, reputable thing. Blah, 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 yeah, more with more. Yeah. Exactly. So that's kind of cool. But um, what I want to talk about is what are the gateway cars for, like, the next upcoming movement? Like, we're seeing, like, the EM1. We're seeing, like, ITRs, GSRs. Like, in the Honda community, we're yeah. seeing... Because, I mean, the, the German stuff, I feel like that's kind of... It's plateauing. It's plateauing. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't know if it's necessarily a bubble. Maybe a little bit. I, but, like, it didn't, like, really peak and then just crash like the muscle car stuff did it like quadrupled in price and now it's settled just a little bit down from where it was it's much more german in how it bubbled exactly <laughs> because the cars are actually still like pretty good yeah exactly so they're like well i bought this air-cooled 911 for 90 grand but think, it's actually pretty good well it, it kind of depends on what direction you go with your classic cars yeah. uh, i think um for somebody just getting into classic cars a mm. good gateway car to get right. them into I think it that's kind of what we're so talking they, about yeah. yeah so like a gateway car that's like attainable. attainable that's reasonable to live with yeah and will give you the classic car experience yep Let me and well more importantly gain you money over time although it's although money. this is not at all anywhere near my top 500 favorite classic cars damn a volkswagen type one actually because yeah. That's probably it's, fair. If you can get one, in everything's attainable for it, so you can actually own it. It's mm -hmm. a, you're not gonna be like put off from the classic car ownership experience like yeah. you would if you bought like a I don't know like a Mercedes 190e anything with CIS. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> they're they're cars that like people like they they it's still sought after. People like when they think of a cool classic car, they think of a Type One. Yeah, and they're maintainable like you can actually yeah. work on them oh they're yeah if you're gonna start wrenching that's one of the best things you could possibly yeah it, it really is i mean that's a car where it's literally three hours to pull the engine out yeah. um and you really can't fuck it up yeah you can't uh it's really <laughs> if hard you do whoops yeah oh no, no let, let me just go get a volkswagen sedan from 1997 from mexico yep. um but uh, the thing is is they actually do have versions that are appreciating in value so you can get all of that with a type one um i'm thinking not just your basic like oval window or split windows, but Heb Mueller convertibles and stuff, which is a convertible coupe. Mm -hmm. um, they have a lot of really cool ones that like just we've never heard of. Right. That have come out. What would you say is a good collector? Well, I gateway? mean, normally I would just go back to German stuff. 
I mean, there's a lot of things I could speculate on potentially coming of value. I think the R129 SL. As I say, Merce- Mercedes soon. is going to be 89 a big to 2002 thing. SL. Yeah. I think that's on its way up. You know what? The, uh, the bottom of that. The SEL, also. But I, I want to talk more about that next. The W140. Week. Uh, the yeah, the, the hairdresser car. That's a 126. That's 126. 80s. Yeah. No, 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 I'm no, no. no I'm, t- I'm talking the one from the early 2000s. The, or not the SEL, the SE, the SLK. Oh sure. Yeah, the 320 SLK. I think yeah. that would be another one, but we'll talk more about that next week. Not yeah. the not the T30 compressor. I think the 320 because people just say, oh, big engine. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll talk about that because yeah. I have opinions on the M111 and the M112. So we'll talk about that. We'll okay. talk about that. But next going on week, the, yeah, going on Mercedes still. I think the the 140s. I don't think we're gonna see those appreciate for another seven to ten years. They're really cool cars, but they're they made a shitload of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the 1995 C36 AMG is going to explode in value. That one's uh, the 500E is already in the stratosphere, so that's done. Yeah, that was 92 to 95. That was a uh, Mercedes like oh, yeah. class with, with a Porsche V8. Yeah. yeah, if I remember no, uh, it was dealing a Mercedes with Mercedes engine, Porsche brakes, and suspension. Oh yeah, um, and a terrible Mercedes four-speed auto. Uh, the later, that's true. The later C43 AMG, I think, will also come along with the C36, but they made it more years, and they made a lot more units. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that's really going to gain the notoriety. Uh, BMW E34 M5s are shooting through the roof you right know, now. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I think availability of the car is yeah. not going to affect cars as much right. as it would with, like, you know, Duesenbergs or Ferraris or something. <sighs> um, <laughs> I had to. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I, I say that because... Um, one second here. I got I got a use my phone now because computer completely crashed <laughs> the uh but it, as far as like uh i don't know asian stuff i'm mm. not nearly as well connected as you i would I, I would say my my entry level like japanese nostalgia card actually <laughs> which is I, I write an entire series about this called consider the following uh um, wow i feel like somebody else had a series called consider the following yeah bill Nye, science guy Excellent. And that's what I named it after, because more people should watch Bill Nye the Science Guy. Sincerest form of flattery. Uh, yes, it is. Um, I would say... Theft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Theft, the, most, the sincerest form of flattery. I think, um, Thank you, you know, this, this one I actually didn't use for Consider the Following. I got halfway through, and I'm like, this car is pretty well considered. Okay. The AW11 MR2s. Yeah. I think that's going to be a good entry car. I would car. love to have an 88 Supercharger. Yeah. Like, those are... Even the NA ones are fantastic. They are. Um, but if I was going to have one to speculate on, it would be a super. But I think a car, like, I, I actually wrote this up. This is what the car that caused me to do consider the following and has had a lot to do with my whole automotive career. Yes. Um, it is a car that you don't go out of your way to get, but is actually a really cool car. I think a would Toyota actually. A Camry Coupe? No. <laughs> but it is a Camry, a V20 Camry. The okay. 87 through yep. 91 or something yep. cameras. Or, I think it's 90. Yeah, yeah, it's 90 or 91. I can't remember. I wrote the article like six months ago. I started 91. Yeah, but that one, because you can get a manual all-wheel drive. You get the 25 V6. Oh, you can yeah. get a manual V6 wagon. Even the normal automatic four-cylinder. is an awesome engine. Even the even the 5 SFE or the 3 SFE, 3 SFE that was in it. Yeah, it was a 3S that was in that. But, Even the normal one's a great engine. The one VZ. Yes, that's a great engine. Woo! That's a great that engine. Two five is a screamer. Thing is cool. I, personally, like I've, I, when I was writing the article, I found yeah. out I was like, because I always thought they were kind of cool. Yeah. Um, plus, they're front wheel drive attainable. A lot of people get them as their first car. The wagon, a super clean wagon. One of those going down the road is. Like, I was gonna say. Oh. <laughs> I wanted. I want either want to get a manual V six wagon 
or I want to get a manual uh, 3SFE wagon and put a beam swap in it. That'd be cool. Which would be fucking awesome. Dude, yeah. <laughs> the, the Euro 3S GTE, and that would be rad. Randy, what, yes. what, would, what would you select? Yeah, what do you see as, yeah, as like, coming an upcoming classic, like a car but that, like an attainable a car that, gateway car? Yeah, exactly. A car that you could get like a kid and be like, this is how you get into classics. And they're like, this is great. See, my problem is, is that I go way back, and therefore, and usually it's a tiny to American car, but unfortunately, I will not go American. As in fact, um, I had a recent, uh, I went to a recent event that Haggerty put together, and they were talking about, you know, cars you should get right now uh, to get into the classic car game, and they were pointing yeah. to millennials, and of course, they were going through 240Z, uh, Viper-powered uh, Dodge Ram pickups. That'd be cool I could one. see yeah. that. A 240Z? That one millennial group. That that's already left. That 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 boat yeah. sailed years yeah, that ago. Boat ten years sailed ago. Ten years ago. But then again, I think what a they're Ram SRT is interesting because you could spec a, that yes. with a six speed. You know what? I actually had two eighty Z still, like with the horrible fuel injection. Like that probably ZX. Get, you might well nah, no the no. ZX the two eighty ZX actually. Yeah, I've been in one of those with properly set up suspension yeah. with you know Coney adjustables and some springs. And the garbage fuel injection taken off. I think and that car is just a victim of what it was in between. It's it was a lot yeah. like the BMW E21. Exactly between the 2002 and the E30. It's a great car, but nobody gives a flying fuck because the first car, the car that came before it, and the car that came after it were way better. It's exactly that. Um, but keep in mind that all the stuff I'm talking about is what Haggerty is. Yeah. Now, and what, I, most of the time, I agree with the Haggerty. Like, they have like four classes of cars and how exactly. they predict them and stuff like that. And then they have condition classes and value predictions. There's a couple of cars I don't think they really have a good grasp on. I don't. I, and I agree with you. For the most part, think, they're really good, though. Yeah. But I will say, though, is that um, I will agree with the Ram, with the uh, Ram Viper engined uh, SRT10. Yeah. I mean, that's very good. That's because, actually kind of cool. Because here's, a, here's another thing <laughs> we got to be, we gotta be mindful it. of is that is that now that SUVs have become the norm, and I know how much we love SUVs in this group. No, Randy, it's not SUVs. It's a fucking no, crossover. No, it's crossovers and SUVs are different. SUV uh, is off-road vehicle. Yeah, okay. SUVs are like LX570s. Crossovers are like Nissan Rogues. Well, anyhow. Ford Explorers. Well, and one half dozen or another, but, you know, it's that. Actually, you do bring up a good point, because a lot of these people will, their first car, yeah. I'm thinking more of the generation after millennials, the next generation of, because millennials like are already, yeah, Zennials or whatever you call them. Um, I think you do have a point with that crossover. And I would say, actually, the first, like, the first era of crossovers. So I'm yeah. thinking the original CRV, the original RAV4, the original Forester, the Suzuki X90, which Jan is a fan of and our car we'll talk about. We're but, doing the French car episode in two episodes, I think. So we'll yeah, talk so we're we're gonna have that. an entire Jana weekend uh, yep. next week. <laughs> we'll get Jana in a she'll very high very, microphone. Game. She'll be very on the spot. Um, but yeah, anyway, e- keep on going. No, yeah. thank you. Because I was gonna say uh, now that pickup trucks are settling in, we, yeah. you know, again, we go back to the Dodge Ram SRT10 pickup. I will also throw in the Lightning. I will also throw in the 454 SS. Second gen or first gen um, The three fifty one Cleveland or the five four supercharged? I'm talking about the five four supercharged, okay. which by the way, we're seeing a little bit more of than the other. And then there was I still like the three fifty one Cleveland. 
I think the I truck would agree. Is cool. I would agree. The, the 454 cool. SS kind of slips through the cracks. That actually that's actually another good one. Yeah, that's there. a good that's yeah, a good truck. Yeah. But then also you also have uh, the GMC Typhoon, the GIC, uh, I, GMC Cyclone. Those are those have totally cyclones that, have that typhoons have yeah. not really. Get yeah. a typhoon now. You can pick now. up a pretty nice typhoon for six and a half grand. Burger, you need to buy one now. I know. I thought about it. No, no, don't think about it. Just do it. I found like a green one for six and a half grand. Yeah, it was like needed nothing. Yeah, do it. I thought do about, it. I thought about it. Do it. And then I bought. And if the Boxster sells soon, okay. All right, Somebody motor buy, listeners. Yes. You find me a buyer from my currently working perfectly 2000 Porsche Boxster S six speed for eight grand, and I'll go buy a typhoon. Yes, and you if you do that. We will give you two motor call uh, stickers, and I will give you a Japanese nostalgic car T-shirt of your choosing. I'll also <laughs> give you a print error oval bore T-shirt because why not? <laughs> After reorder. All right. Anyway, Sorry. So, so that's keep, where I, that, you got to push through, Randy. We are. Yeah, we, we got to get going here. Yeah, this is just how we do. Mm-hmm. So, I'm not worried about time. Well, no, I, just, I, want, know, I, want, I still topic. haven't heard what your answer is. Yeah, well, uh, that's basically my answer is that I think the high performance pickups are going to be that next trucks. way, yeah. okay. but it's not going to be for everybody. Keep that in mind. No, it's true. It's not gonna think... be, but um, I do see values going up on those. It's just that I think awareness is probably the most important piece to bring these trucks out. Do you uh, do you think SUVs will be in there? Like the first gen ML55, like the Trailblazer SS, the first gen uh, Grand Cherokee SRT8? I think those will be, yes. Uh, I think first gen SRT8 uh, Grand Cherokees will be in there. That's definite. I think so too, Count because most of them are beat to shit. And if you find like a nice clean one that's mm-hmm. unmolested. I will say the Trailblazer SS will be yeah. because... Mm-hmm. Same reason. No, actually, if you ever go out street racing... yeah. In your life, at some point, there. If you go out for one summer, yeah. At some point, you will come across a Trailblazer SS that goes out and just shits on everyone. Yeah, it's probably rear wheel drive swap to the 4L80 because the 4L60 in those things grenades. Yeah, and that that's usually it's what they are. 65. But um, no, even even the four wheel drive Tucker ones will kill me if I don't correct yeah, myself. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> even even the four wheel drive ones, because I mean, like All the drive. thing, the thing, yeah, whatever. Um, it's a difference. It, there is a I difference. I should talk about that in engineering, whatever. There, yeah, actually, you should. Uh, that There is a difference between the two, but it was a truck, and I just don't care that much. No, I, I don't um, blame you. I would actually say a vehicle I really want is a derivative of the Trailblazer SS, and that's the Saab 97X Aero. Yeah. Which is yes. a Trailblazer that SS. looks good. It's a Trailblazer yes. SS in a yeah. uh, Architects outfit, Yeah, and it is just perfect. I love it. I'm going to throw a curveball here. The wheels on here. those are so good. Hmm. I'm going to throw a curveball. You only throw curveballs, Randy. Anyway, um, <laughs> if there's one car I'm hoping to God that will no become God. a classic, I know there isn't, okay. but right, I got to, I gotta, you know. Uh, Do you see any Jesus fish in the studio? Anyway, Randy, <laughs> what I'm please saying. Please power through. Okay, the first gen <laughs> Lexus ISF. Okay. Yeah, that I can say terrible five-speed eight speed auto. Yeah, here's your motor cult sticker, oh, by the way. You, you earned I'll it. I'll put that somewhere. Uh, but but that's my curveball, and I'll tell you why. Because that's that would make sense. F performance, yeah. F performance Lexus. They didn't sell very many of those. Exist. Yeah. Because of this, because you don't, because you shove a five liter V8 mm-hmm. to about four hundred some on horsepower into an IS, which is a pretty yeah, lightweight car, so so forth. By modern standards, I By suppose. By modern standards. So you throw the 8-speed I like automatic. the fake exhaust tips. Yeah, I know. Oh, wait. When I said like, I meant hate. Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I hate do. the fake I exhaust tips. I know you misspoke. 
I know you do. And although it's do better I. than like the VW Atlas, where it literally or the new SQ5 facelift, where it's got these like chrome tailpipe shaped things on the rear bumper, and it's got downturned mufflers behind you, the you bumper. Know, you cover. know what I think is gonna be a a car company that's gonna kind of go the way of no Ryan GM. What? Do tell Volkswagen Audi Group. No way. I really think that they're gonna go the way of GM, where good GM to. Uh, Gen Xers is really cool, but yeah. to millennials, nobody can give a half a shit. Yep. And a lot of millennials are about Weird. Volkswagen Audi. Group. I wonder what happened to make all millennials think that. Because uh, every single GM product, except for the few outliers we've talked about, are been, been a Jetta. shit. Well, the thing is, <laughs> with, with, with Volkswagen, I think it's happened for a different reason. Really? Because, well, General Motors has like gone out of their way to like make a lot of their cars atrocious in every way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> It, Volkswagen Audi Group, they've compromised their product a lot yeah. with a lot of their cars. But it's so where, inconsistent with how they compromise. And well, that's the thing is like you don't trust anything, even the good you, stuff. You don't, because like the S series yeah. used to mean something. Like that was like it used a, to be an M S, rival. Yeah, and now it's like an M Sport. Yeah, rival. Exactly. Right? It's and some like weird like BMW is at it's, fault too. Well, they also have like the S line, so yep. you get a normal A4 that looks like an S4. It's so it doesn't really mean anything anymore. No, it just means you get more badges. And I think that an, another thing is mm, a lot of badges. people, even with the normal ones, where it used to be like you can get a 16 valve, you know, Mark II GTI, yeah. which is actually a dope car and pretty reliable. Yeah. Or oh, you could very. even get yeah, or you get like a VR6, which like was 200 horsepower in a Golf, and reliable ish. For I mean, that era. It was, yeah. I mean, those really but, didn't have a ton of problems yeah. when they were new. It's just the higher mileage ones where they start shooting exactly. chain guides. Think, and... I think what, what's happening is now all the ones that people are going to want, like the 2 OTs, oh. because the 2 OT, when you hear it on paper, unless you really know about that engine, sounds dope. And a lot of other 2 OTs are great, like the Mercedes and the BMW and like a lot of other 2 OTs. The are... BMW one is also terrible. Okay. So... Not the, as bad, but, but terrible. Yeah, but there's a, there's a lot of... The whole 2-liter class, turbo yeah. class engines usually and are pretty Benz cool. And the Benz one's a 1.9. And, well, all right, so Subaru, uh, Mitsubishi. Yeah. Oh, it's a very popular engine yeah, size for that, tax reasons. Yeah, countries, so, like, so people hear the 2OT, and they're like, that sounds really tight. And they're you're like really... the Hyundai Kia 2OT? That thing is super impressive. Yeah, exactly. It is. It's like 270 horsepower, and it's actually pretty reliable. Only in the end, though. That Only in the end models. But, you know, l- let me jump turbo? in a little bit. The, what I'll tell you what really bugs me about Volkswagen Group and, and why it's so attractive. You only have one reason why it bugs you? Yeah, I, well, I, got, I got a laundry list. Do you know how many people have these Mark IV Golfs? Many. If there's one car that ruins it all for everybody, yeah. it's the Mark IV Golf. I actually really like the Mark IV. But you've seen how many people ran f- run through those things? Well, yeah, well, but I mean, so that's the thing. I is like the, that's going to happen to any cheap, fun car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so the like, Mark V is what's doing it. Yeah, so the Mark IV is the last good one. Uh, the yeah. last really good one. Cause I the, think all the drivetrains in those were actually pretty the, reliable. The Mark IV is like the EK Civic of Volkswagen. Yeah. Because like the two, the Mark two, three, and four were the ones to get if you wanted something that goes kind of quick. Yeah. Kind of like the EF, the EG, and the EKs. The EFs you can still find, the EKs can still find, you never find an EG, and you not, never find a Mark III because everybody uh, destroyed them. Well, no. Mark III, it's because they rusted. Yes, the exactly. Because yeah. they were a water-based paint. Yeah. But anyway, um, 
I, I, I do. I, I see what you mean. I think that's going to turn a lot of people off. But in the same way that Inay Miata is going to turn a lot of people off. Mm-hmm. And the and the Bug Eye WRX is going to turn a lot of people off. And the, you know, Lexus GS is going to turn a lot of people off. Because these are cars where a lot of, you know, people that don't really know what they're doing have picked them up for cheap and are just yeah. ruining them. That's true. But that happens with everybody. Cause, it does. Right. Because when we were in school, or when we were in high school, that was a lot of, like, Fox bodies and stuff. Yeah. That was right before everybody like it was kind of the beginning of people like ruining EGs. Um, there weren't a lot of Civics in Edina. Well, that's, that was also Edina though. I but, but I mean, like, a lot of like A sixes. Yeah, but like it, those are a lot of hand me down cars. Right, lots of crossovers. Um, lots of. Highlanders. But the thing is, is like I think it's going to be you know whatever the cheapest version of a good car is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's just historically been like that because you know. Back in the 1960s, there were people t- with 32 T buckets that are clapped out. So, yep. I mean, that's just something that kind of it just goes with with time. You just yeah. There's a I certain, can't fault the there's car. There's a certain group of the production vehicles that are just gonna they're gonna die. They're gonna take yeah. one for the team. Mm-hmm. It's and gonna be the best car, get, the best value for right. any car. Right. It is. It, I mean, even with BMW and stuff. I mean, it's always like the the chassis you want, but with the lowest end engine and or transmission. Exactly. And those usually bear the brunt of the the retards. The E30s. The and E30 325i just got annihilated. And actually, the E36. Actually, 36 was all of them. Even yeah, M3s every got single, there, yeah, Every single. Enough. 46s, it's almost always the 23s and 25s. You well, the thing is, the, the E36 was kind of like that. It was the 280ZX of M3s. It was. It, it was and not as good as the in E30. In this country. Yeah. Because the U.S. market was the only one to get that detuned, completely different engine. Yeah. And the smaller diff. And it's still a really capable, excellent car. But because they're the neutered ones that nobody wants, they got to $1,500. And they got into the hands of these idiots that just completely ruined them. Which was great Employee. for me. Because I got tons of parts cars for cheap. Yeah. And those engines are fabulous. But It's, it's kind of like the thing where like anybody says, oh, I'm going to put a, a V8 into it. Not an LS. But like a Fox body or like a small block Chevy engine. Oh, like for a for a real drive car. Like once you get to that point, that's gonna be the death of that chassis because that means a lot of people are gonna be doing. Is this that. a three eighteen? I don't know. Four I was door? just saying. Well, With that, a I, guess, I guess that'd be an example of one. Yeah, that one. Okay. Uh, that'd be a good example one. But I mean, like it really that one's is really slow. Yeah, there's a lot of different you know engines that you could put in that are just gonna totally destroy a car. And once right. you get to that point, it just kills the car. Also. Makes that car a future classic. Wow! And because, on that note, yeah. we that I I just looked at the topic we were talking about, and then the what we were okay. Yeah, let's yeah. What well, we have next left. one? All right, Honda next Monkey one. Super Cub. Yes, uh, Honda's <laughs> actually bringing back the Honda Monkey and the Super Cub, <laughs> which are really cool. Um, we've not gotten the Monkey since I think like 1974 or something. Oh it's, my. it's been in consistent production since then, though. Jesus, like it's we've it's been a while, and like the Honda Cub, like I can't remember last time we got them. But I have no idea. The Honda Super Cub is the best-selling vehicle of all time. Period. Period. And that's saying something. Like there have if been you, a lot of things that have moved a bunch of units. If you combined every single Corolla, every single Civic, or not? Oh, sorry, every single Corolla, every single um, pick every every single F one fifty. Oh, I was gonna say it's got to yeah. be the F one fifty. And um, every single Volkswagen Type One, you come. About two thirds of the total number of Honda Super Cubs ever sold. It's just an insane amount of. That is mopeds. a very large number. <laughs> anyway, they have a modernized version of it. That's pretty cool. Um, what's hilarious is they both have the same size, like chassis. Yeah. But now instead of a 50cc 
four stroke or two stroke. Probably a forty nine cc. Yeah, forty nine cc two stroke. Then Alva one twenty five cc four stroke single. From that's the a Honda really Grand. good engine. Yeah, yeah, that's in the um, this the in the scooter yeah. too. It's Metropolitan. Nope. No, no, it's not. The more Met- Bush one. The Ruckus. Zuma. Oh no, it's a Yamaha dude. The oh. Zuma. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I'm thinking of yeah, it's in the Ruckus. <laughs> No, the Ruckus has a smaller engine. I thought they had a bigger model of the Ruckus now, too. No, I don't think so. Really? I don't know. I've, I haven't looked through the Honda. Anyway, it's online. a good engine. I think yeah, it's, it's fuel-injected twin cam and it's, four it, Yeah, it, it's pretty tight. Like, it's, I'm really excited 70. for it. Well, the thing is, is they're like higher-performance engines. Like mm-hmm. Because of the Grom, there's a tuning community for it. So I really want to see somebody tune up a Honda Monkey and do wheelies with it. Because you ever seen somebody on a Honda Monkey? Is it a it transmission is a, or is it a CVT? It is the ooh, this Honda Monkey has a manual transmission. Heck yeah, buddy. The Super Cub is a actually it's not a CVT. It's an automatically assisted manual, so it's a manual with automatic clutch, which it's always been, because that's been a mobility vehicle. Gross. Yeah, but that's the thing is that's a vehicle that was Gross. that's the vehicle that was designed to get people in Vietnam like on the road. Also, did you know? that one of the first uh, products that Honda sold in the United States way back when was a Honda Cub. Yep, that's true. It, I mean, so this that's is sort the, of a return back to the beginning. So. I, I think I think it really, um, it's really representative of where Honda's at as a company right now as well. Because mm-hmm. Honda, Absolutely. they've spent the last um, probably 20, well, 15 years following the route of Toyota making appliances, and now they're back to actually making fun vehicles which i'm excited for. good let's hope to stay on that track yes hey let's talk about that yeah, Patreon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, since you guys were talking about motorcycles i decided i'm going to expand because we've had this on the docket for yes. quite some time uh our patreon topic this week is plain and simply called motorcycles and i want to talk about our favorites which ones of those we would ride regularly Honda and then our general opinions on the <laughs> list also so our favorite style of bike what is it can be anything. Awesome. Can be a forty nine cc scooter. It can be a ultra mega glide. Whatever. Can, can it be a custom style? Sure. Bosuzaku bike. Okay, fine, good. Randy. Well, um, I'm a Kawasaki guy, so of course I uh, got excited about over the old seven fifties, and then went to GPZ five fifty, which I fell off the back of one. But then everybody that had a five fifty back in the eighties turned them into a ninja so <laughs> i don't have a style of motorcycle as long because i don't ride okay but i i really respect those who ride in two wheels and don't get themselves killed so hey yeah that's that's a skill for me it's just going to be something that looks like a scooter and isn't like my vespa yeah that that is a i can park it one. in a scooter spot and it'll do a hundred my thing is i'm not i'm not much of a I'm a motorcycle guy. Yeah. I just I appreciate the weird and obscure. Yeah. Um, Bosuzoku cool. bikes I really like because Bosuzoku culture I think is just endlessly fascinating. I um, think it would work pretty well with a bike too. Well, no, I mean that's where it came from. It's originally a motorcycle thing that went to a car oh. thing. Oh, I see. Because Bosuzoku gangs were originally kind of like enforcers for the Yakuza, and what they do is they'd have these like ridiculous-looking bikes covered in lights mm-hmm. um, that look like comical with like ridiculous-looking fairings on them. And they uh, would have, like, w- exhaust coming basically off the engine with no muffler or anything. Hmm. And they'd be, de- they'd be designed so if they're, like, if they're, you know, going to be caught, like, bra- basically extorting a shop or something, they go in front of the shop and they make a ton of noise. At, oops, sorry. Causing di- a ruckus? Yeah, it disorients everything. So that's kind of why I think both Zokus are cool. Hmm. Uh, I also really like Royal Enfields. How old are those? 
They still make them. Okay, good. They're in when production. When did they go into production? Uh, late 40s, early 50s. Okay, fine. Yeah. I just had to make sure. No, it wasn't a Bruff Superior, which is a pre-war bike. <sighs> oh, you... Which also, the Bruff Superior, I would say, is my favorite bike of any single bike. Bruff Superiors are awesome. They kill Lawrence of Arabia, and they have no brakes at all. I hate you so, <laughs> so much. All right, Randy already said he's a Kawasaki guy. Brands? Yep. Um, I think that, well, I say my favorite brand's Royal Enfield, but I also like Kawasaki because I love their story. Okay. Actually, though, let me add to Kawasaki. I appreciate BMWs. I also appreciate Triumphs. I appreciate a lot of different brands. Some brands I really can't stand. And maybe, Harley. Well, I can't Harley, stand Harley's. Indian, Polaris, you yeah. know, all the Polaris-owned you, brands. You, you don't like American bikes, basically. Not, not really. I like. I'm just gonna. It's gonna shock you both, but BMW. Shocking. Yep. Oh, um, I also do like Hondas too. All right. So a place for bikes. A usage case for them. Like, why would you own one? And there's a couple of primers in here. It's like, would you commute with it? Would you road trip it? Would you track it? Would you just use it for occasional like parking reasons? I would probably very rarely use it and use it just to have an awesome collection of motorcycles that I find unique and interesting. Um, okay. Cool burgers away, so I get to cut what, back what about you, Randy? And expand because <laughs> uh, I have to go to switch my beer out. All right, sounds good. Actually, it'll probably be more like a weekend uh, weekend go. Um, I can tell you, one of my uh, PR friends, uh, she has a Harley, and she takes it only on the weekend. She wouldn't hey, commute. We're review that next next time. Don't do that one. Uh, you already did it. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so I would probably do it more of a weekender type of thing. Okay. I mean, I. Am I the only one here that actually owns a bike? Yes. yes. Okay. So the reason why I own it is so I can park it anywhere. I use it like <laughs> twice a year. <laughs> and I use it for the Minnesota State Fair. Um, because parking is like $25 in somebody's shitty yard. And like with a bike, you can just street park it right in between two cars. I, th there is one bike I, I think we should all talk about. It's what? the Honda CBX. Oh, the CBX 1000. The CBX 1000 is the best sounding motorcycle of all time. Uh, I agree. Yeah, that's yeah, we a were watching really, videos really on cool a bike last week. The right? straight six carbureted mm. motorcycle, which carburetors suck, I get it, but it's still a straight six and it revs to the moon. It's yeah, so tight. it revs higher than the modern BMW straight six one. Yeah, does. it's like a 9,000 RPM red line. It's 9,500. Pretty yeah. sick. It, I love it that does. A lot. Man, it, we were watching videos of slightly modified ones with pipes on them and it sounded like 80s Le Mans <laughs> in like this rural street of God knows where. Of like, oh. Yeah, of like Eastern Europe. <laughs> They're just you know, ruining the I don't know if I'd rather have a CBX or a Typhoon. Mm. I'd say Typhoon because I know it's going to go up in value. The CBX is forever going to say the same because motorcycle people do not like them. Why don't they like them? Because they're terrible to ride. I'm sure they're horrible to ride. They are extremely <laughs> wide. They're very wide and they can't handle for shit. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's how I motor sell people. Next like up, them. I want to talk about, well, we'll call it, it says cultural aspects, but like when you see a particular type of bike, what do you think? So I've got examples in here that I put in. Jixxers, GSXRs, no helmets. They're squids. They're idiots. No Harleys, helmets. I'm th I stupid think people. People that are really into like DMX ride like Jixxers and stuff. Yeah, but they wear no helmets. Yeah, and they always have like a Rough Riders logo on the back of their biker vest. Oh, yeah, leathers. 
yeah. mean, leathers are you Harley David. Wear that, Harley's. But. I always think of douchebags. I think of ninety-three X, and I think of people that have chin-strap beards <laughs> and spiky hair. I've never once seen an attractive woman on the back of a Harley either. I've seen like two in my life, but it's like they're attractive on paper, but then you kind of see them, but they're still kind of trashy. They might be damaged in other ways. Like you know, like when you see the like the hottest chick in the trailer park. Yeah, we're like, whoa, she's kind of hot, but like she feeds herself exclusively off Velveeta. Oh, like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to throw this in because we did talk about uh, a magazine I write for and a culture I belong to. Oh, yes. There, yeah. there are a lot of LGBT bikers. Well, as a matter of fact, <laughs> oh. you go to any town, you go to any city that has a LGBT pride parade, the first contingent it's always, 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 always is the now I'm going to be very clean and the women's bicycle, uh, the women's motorcycle contingent, i.e. dykes on bikes. Which <laughs> what are they riding, Randy? The thing is, is it that's the funny part because I've seen them ride mostly Harleys, but I, every every time I go oh, through no. the contingent, any city, oh, there's Harleys, there's Hondas, there's Yamahas, there's what? What's that? Are there any CBX one thousands or Piaggio Vespas? I've there, never sure. seen one ever. Any of those. It's it's always it's like the hyper masculine bikes. It's, it's like a hyper masculine. Exactly. That's the thing. Is like a, a lot of people think like uh, th- no they look at rockets either. Yeah. Well, no. It, no. That's the thing. Yeah. No. It's oh, always yeah. Harley. It's like it's the most hyper masculine thing that it becomes like the. I bet they just bike. like the yeah. vibrations of the Harley. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds really insensitive. We so. could do yeah. jokes on that, but I'm not. Anyway, actually, I, I said dykes on But bef- before we're done with this, I do want to s- touch on. Car culture and yes, LGBT. absolutely. Because um, yeah. that's kind of why we're doing this. And we'll have you stick around for the next one since we, have a, we don't have a guest next time. And If he has ask. time, certainly. Yeah. Well, I have plenty of time. Come it's on. It's Randy. It's a Saturday. He doesn't have anything to do. Perfect. He's, he's an automotive journalist. For His some job reason, you clapping is to drive made the around. camera refocus. <laughs> I apologize to you, Nick, for uh, for that. I now we know what kind of camera you bought. All right, let's let's bust through. Let's a very intolerant one. Let's uh, bust through some of these other bike styles. All right, I'll just quick. blast yeah, through yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, last yeah. of this one or real quick. quick. Historic models: the CBX 1000. Present models: the BMW uh, K1600. Modifications: pipes. K6, one second. K1600s are always like a teacher or somebody very. Don't care. They have a straight it. six. Don't care. No, I mean that's I, that's what I'm saying. Like that's Good, yeah. that's I think great. Anyway, perfect. Which one would you ride regularly? CBX 1000. What do you think of Harleys? Those are dumb. Yep. Scooters? Love them. I prefer them. That's the best version of Just 49s or big ones too? I like the ones that come with a 49 and you can put anything you want into it. Because the point of it is you don't need a license. So the answer of your question is anything titled as a 49cc. Exactly. Can Sounds I roll back good. a little bit and answer some of these for you here? Uh, <laughs> because I kind of miss it because of yes. the historic models... Um, Honda 750 or CB or my dad GPZ had a 750 classic 70s one. Yeah. Uh, He's from that historic. era. So. Of course, I'm going to say GPZ 550. I mean, it was a, new at the time. Uh, present models. Uh, I'm an old guy. K1600. So I'm, I'm actually interested in a new Goldwing for some <sighs> odd crazy reason. You sound like Tucker. All right. People with Honda Goldwings. It's always an old guy with a helmet with a microphone in it. I'm almost there. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, I will say historic models. Those Please ones are the. Right yeah. Those are the ones I think are anybody that can ride a historic bike, like a real historic one, yeah. like a Vincent Black Shadow or a Bruff Superior. If they are dressed accordingly, well, even if they're not, like no, if, no, no, no. If, if you're the balls, ah, if you're, ah. what? What do you want to say? If you're dressed accordingly, 
if you have the balls if you're in a tracksuit and you're riding a black shadow i don't care if you're riding a brush superior at all you have the balls to ride a motorcycle with no brakes you're a man and you oh, probably have to set also timing and, and um so. wood plank uh track racers those are my coolest those are the coolest bikes historically coolest tracks i don't care okay. about the bikes all right, so mods uh, skip. Would I ride one rarely? No. What do I think of Harleys? Um, I can't say anything because I, a former guy I used to deal with the General Motors is there at corporate communications. So I'll shut up. Scooters. I hate Harleys. Thank you. You're the only person here that's not. If anyone at Harley Davidson wants to join us on the podcast, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, on that note, that is uh, true. And on that note, Scooters. Yes. Um, yeah. I know because. I think the the, rule, the the law here in, in Minnesota is that it, you're it's able... It's 40 NCC. Exactly. So it's no insurance. Yeah. No insurance. I get away with that. It's like getting away with murder. But, you know, but they're, they're, but it's fun. Getting away with murder is fun. You heard it here first, folks. Yes. <laughs> uh, not, in that, not in that way, man. Uh, uh, loud pipes. Uh, Save yes. lives. Yes. I'm, I'm a fan of them. May as well. Honestly, there are times where I've seen a motorcycle splitting lanes or something and i've not noticed which is not legal in the state of minnesota california i was thinking it is perfectly legal in california but i've not noticed them except for the noise yes because a lot of motorcycles their single headlight will blend in with the uh passenger side headlight of the car in your rearview mirror people i mean i agree the pipes are a good idea people are still stupid though i mean well i had my cbr 600 rr back in the day and that had cool bike full yoshi exhaust on it headers to the tip it was loud and you know how many times i still almost got creamed by somebody moving over not looking exactly yeah so yeah anything you can do another reason i'm a fan of both suzuku bikes they're more obnoxious more loud and brighter they're made to be seen and i think every single motorcyclist the only downside to that is your four foot long exhaust pipe is much easier to clip on a passing vehicle or something like that (laughs) it goes up (laughs) fine But still, um, I'm flooding the engine with rainwater. Nope, because you can put a you play a, a ball at the end of it, which is real a small hole in the bottom of the pipe. <laughs> Call it good. But yeah, no, there, there's something to be said for both Suzuki bikes and actually for safety. I kind of agree. So, um, what is that hissing noise? What is that noise? Is that really? Oh, the water softener is regenerating. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Anyway, uh, crotch rockets. I, I I think that a lot of douchey people own them. Um, I've owned many of them, and I no longer do. Yeah, because of douchey people? No, they're just not that good to ride. They're yeah, really no. uncomfortable, and I'm scared by them. No. Like, I, I don't know. They're it's, way too fast. They're... I don't know. It, it really depends on the person. Because I know some people with garage rockets that genuinely like them. Yeah. But I know a lot of people are just douchey with them. I will say... The person that has a carbureted crotch rocket, even though it's worse in literally every way and yeah. much slower, those people usually are enthusiasts and I not just my, bros. My first crotch rocket was a 91ZX9R with carbs. It was great. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Is a lot of people like that are just douchey about bikes mm-hmm. make you know, they make fun of you know, crotch rockets with carbs. Also, they're very cheap. Yes. And they're just depreciating endlessly because they just kind of suck. Great engine swap candidate. However, mm. yes. <laughs> that is true. Anyway... Uh, can we be done with this? Um, uh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I guess so. I want to talk about Mazda. Okay. We of course we preempted that. I also I put this one on because you're a reviewer and you're gonna probably drive one at some point. I um, hope. I put something away at the end. <laughs> I want to talk about. Yeah. You do the full topic, and mine's gonna be quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
the Mazda Miata, it got a, they did a power bump on it. Uh, mm-hmm. It was actually reported. Uh, Mazda, they did not officially release it, but it was reported by a Japanese outlet. Mm-hmm. And then uh, some NHTSA documents said that we're getting this engine as well, which is nice. great reporting on behalf of, I think it was actually NBC Drive. I, I could be wrong, but whoever wow. actually reported that is a great reporter. Props to you. Um, Sell your existing ND now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, basically, it gets a power bump. It gets a higher red line and a telescoping steering wheel. Or telescoping steering wheel. Uh, I like power, telescoping. It was fine. Uh, the power comes from a, lar- from a larger exhaust valve, uh, different exhaust manifold, and a freer-flowing muffler. Uh, there's a 26-gram uh, weight loss in rotating mass. Damn. Despite having the larger exhaust valve, which is really tight. I must have made it out of something That fancy. makes for a 700 RPM higher red line. Which is... 7,500 RPM. Yes, that's which true. Which is pretty excellent. That that puts you now with a modern vehicle in range of the AW11 MR2, mm-hmm. which the reason I love that is it revs to the moon. Yep. Um, and uh, it gives you 26 horsepower. That is significant. That's a massive bump. Because you know how people like lost their shit when Subaru gave the STI a 5 horsepower bump? People lost yeah. their shit in anger because they didn't actually do a proper power bump. Well, no, the STI. It's fine. I understand. But, I mean, that's that. people got happy about that. Anytime you do more power, that's a good thing without increasing weight. But, I mean, I just want to talk about like that. Was, that was like 150-something horsepower engine, and they added 26 horsepower yeah, to it. I know. It. It's insane. They add like eleven percent more power. It's fantastic. That DI system has to be like the neck has just got to be strangled. I mean, uh, Flying Miata's been doing turbo and superchargers for the ND. Yeah. The fuel system maxes out at two hundred horsepower. I imagine they probably did some additional. I would have fuel to hope stuff. that they did, because that will make it even better for supercharging and turbocharging. Well, you know, you're acting like you can't just like buy some injectors over the counter and just put them in. You can't. It's see, DI. No, I, see, oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, nope. Anyway, no matter how you slice it. Like Randy just puked in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. anyway. Okay, we can edit that out. Um, we don't no. edit anything ever. Oh, crap. Um, no, no matter how you slice it, is that any improvement to the ND Miata is going to be beneficial for not only enthusiasts who follow that particular vehicle from NA up, yes. but for new, for new customers. Because the thing is, is that why are people... That are not Mazda folk straying away from Miata is like is it because of 155 horsepower? Well, of course we are. The argument would be okay, power to weight ratio. Well, it depends on if they get their news from Consumer Reports. That's telling them that it's bad for a weekend getaway because of storage space. And to my yeah. friends over at CR, I apologize for that particular comment. Well, no, anyway, uh, yeah, you know, this is they su- should not be One reviewing second. sports cars. I this this is I, I have no intention of ever writing for Consumer Reports. So I feel like neither I can, would I, yeah. but. I, and yeah, I don't really know anybody that works there. But hey, if they hire me, I'm good. Well, the, <laughs> you hire Randy to prove us wrong, go for it. <laughs> this is the thing with Consumer Reports, is they look at the car as a widget. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. That's the issue. Because a lot of people, even when as a car salesman, they would go in with all these Consumer Reports, but when they go on the test drive, it is no longer a widget. They right. consider it a widget until they look at it. Right. Like, it's a not a car, generic interchangeable good. A car is a widget to the same level that a computer or a phone is a widget. Like, this is something that you're dealing right. with for an extensive period of time every day. It's not something where you grab a beer out of it. Right. See, that's what frustrates me is that people don't take the Miata seriously and the 124. 
I love. I'm going to buy one of those. Which I'm happy that you will because it's a completely different engine, by the way. So, but everything else is pretty oh, much. I'm going to talk about that at the end of Ryan's story here. Yeah. Oh, I, I'll say one more thing to add to yeah, this. Yeah, I want to jump so. to that too. But but let's okay. Right as of right now, and this is coming from me. Consider the Miata as real as everything because look, we've had roadsters for decades. This is when they brought it back in '89 for '90. They finally nailed the uh, the formula. They got it right, yeah. They got it right. Now we're four generations ahead. Yep. They still have it right. Yeah, they've never it's, they've never gotten it wrong. The, I mean, the NB right. was kind of, eh. It's an evolution of the, the NA with the a better N, engine. Yeah. But the NC was heavy but way powerful and had a folding hard top. The ND is just amazing. Yeah. But now you have an opportunity to try to prove a lot of Hemin and Han enthusiasts that Hem have walked away Han. from that wrong. So you put them in this next... 19 in the 19 nd and yeah. and i'm, I'm not going to confirm or deny whether this is going to happen but i could tell you if i try to talk to someone from mazda north american operations they probably wouldn't deny it the point being is that with all this number these numbers and these enhancements this miata is going to bring in more customers yes it will this, and, especially if the price and is it has same, to which i'm guessing it, it will be, be. Yeah, uh right. and and i'm hoping that the price differential is within say a couple of hundred dollars, which means it's nothing. Yeah. You know, so. the, another thing, I mean, the Miata is pretty affordable, too. Yeah, it is. It's uh, actually a very reasonably it's, priced it, vehicle. It, like, if you want to get a fun car and yeah. you're looking to buy new, the Miata's the way to go right now. Well, I mean, I would personally take a 124, but it's the same fucking Well, the 124 or the Miata, I should say, or the Abarth. But you actually have... Well, you, know, you, you Abarth have, is a lot more expensive. Well, I was thinking about the 500 Abarth. But you oh, actually... Oh, okay. An enthusiast today finally has yeah. options, which is really nice. They're mm -hmm. not Japanese, which bothers me. Even a Toyota but, 86. I mean, yeah. there's so many good budget The thing is, the 86, that is a car. That is a great car. It is. Every single person that's ever talked shit about an 86 or a BRZ has never driven one. Exactly. I can guarantee you. Yep. Uh, because I've driven multiple BRZs back-to-back -back with STIs and WRXs of all generations. Yep. And I will say that the BRZ is my favorite Subaru ever yeah, made. Yeah, because it's rear-wheel drive and awesome. No, not even. Yes. Um, mm. No, my, my reason, because I'm, I'm, I'm more okay with all-wheel drive than you. I hate all-wheel drive. I know you do. Okay, good. But um, I'm talking <laughs> about my personal belief. Like, it's fine. I, mu I prefer it because you actually have throttle response, which is a new, yep. whole new thing. <laughs> Yeah. There's never been a super throttle response ever. Because um, <laughs> the non turbo ones back in the just, day had such bad injection that they still didn't just have the terrible. But no, it's it's honestly it's a throttle response. Oh, man. It's the fact that it's a momentum car. Yeah. Oh, and it's one of those cars. It's a slow car. Fast. Subaru's always been able to make a chassis that can outhandle most other cars. But you it's have to totally do totally a Toyota chassis, though. I know, but as, as I say, okay. the thing is, is that you've always needed to um, do work to it's get it to that point. Randy. It is true. Subaru only did yeah, make the engine, yeah, yeah. but um, <laughs> the the thing is, with that car from the factory, with having to do anything, you now have a Subaru. Yeah. That makes you a better driver. Yeah. That you don't just rely on being able to hang the ass out on it. It's a like that's car. that is the it. best part of that car. I love that so much, <laughs> and is, I really want one. It's a fully usable fun car. And I will agree with all of you guys' uh, point. The most important piece that that people forget about the '86 slash BRZ again goes back to the Miata power to rate to weight ratio. Yes. And I think the people go, well, it's going at 200 horsepower and 150 pound-feet of torque. Dude, I blew my watt over 200 horsepower because I'm into old cars. 
Right. But <laughs> the even point... when you drive, I'm like, yeah, it's got the torque tip, but like, it is plenty of power. Yeah. It is plenty of power. The key to this is that you leather it, okay? You get into the throttle. And whether, regardless of transmission, whether it's the manual or the automatic. No, it's got to be the manual. It's well, got to be the manual. Guys, no, manuals, no, it does. No, it really it, does. That auto is I've really driven not both. great. Yeah. And the auto is 70% of a manual. You really do DRC. need 230 horsepower with that auto. That's yeah. true. That's number one. I mean, I would agree. I would like more horsepower with the automatic. However, here's the thing is that if you're a good driver and you can hear the revs and you yeah. can work with that transmission is throw it in the sport or throw it into the manual mode. If you're a good driver, you're not buying the auto. The, uh, well, the auto is true. Unless yeah, you stepped agree. on a landmine. The auto, okay. the auto well, exists to get more people into them. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm and that's, fine with. That's fine. Yeah. I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm or not mad about to put it. LSs into yeah. the future. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my thing is, though, with the BRZ and the... The Toyo uh, Baru GT V86. Yeah. And the Toyota 86. Uh, they... That car's only issue is marketing. Yeah. Mm, green. And they green. need to do a power bump, like a real power they bump do. like this. It wouldn't take for, much. No, it's a great engine. And everybody on Earth has proved that you can turbo these. Oh, dude, even NA. Like, the people that throw a set of headers and a tune on them, the torque yeah. goes away and they get, like, 15 horsepower. Exactly. That's perfect. Like, Make the stock car that. Yeah, like, that's something that they really, really should do. It's a, it just, you know, it's the thing is, I don't care. I'm fine with it. Yeah. Even if it totally unbalances the car, put an STI engine into it. It does bolt in. Or a WRX engine. I was going to say, please put a Rex motor in well, it. Well, either one. I don't care. I prefer care. the F8 to the EJ. Yeah, we do. But I'm talking about just like bro yabos that like look at like, oh, EJ bro. And like, you know. Uh, yeah. yeah so it's only a matter of time until the STI gets an FAA based engine. It's probably be next generation, I'm sure. Because yeah. the EJ, they just kind of kept in as a holdover just to right. keep people happy. Right. Um, but no, like, put in the FA, or it's actually the FB, because the, the FA is already in it. Okay. But yeah, FB20 would be, in that car would be perfect. And that's going to solve that car's only issue, which is purely marketing. Yep. Anything else would work, because, I mean... I mean, the, the Miata has the same issue. I haven't seen a single ad for a Miata ever. The well, Fiat 124, I actually do see ads for it, probably because it knows I'm actually shopping for one. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I've seen, but, I've seen some Mazda ads, and... Mazda, they're busy hyping the rest of their cars because they don't need to help the Miata. Right. The I mean, Miata is like the poster child. They right have now. realistic expectations for units moved on that thing as well. Yeah. Which helps. But the yeah, Subaru, Toyota, one of them. They still sell a ton of eighty sixes though. Not up here, and that's that's kind of the issue. But but in the United States, they still sell like twenty five, thirty thousand a year. Yeah, it's pretty good numbers. Which is this is pretty, pretty good, good for for what that is. Yeah. yeah. And the thing is, well, I, if I think if they did. Better marketing, if they gave it the power bump, it would outsell the Miata because nobody really cares about convertibles except does for it, me. Does it not already? No. Oh, I didn't know that. But no, because nobody except for me and you care about convertibles oh, in I our love generation. Convert- I could never great. not have a convertible. They're great cars. Um, the record, I'm selling the Boxster S, but I still have the Ferrari until I buy the 124. Exactly. So you still have your convertibles. So don't send me hate mail. Um, <laughs> but Actually, fuck it. Send thing, me hate mail. Thing, I don't the care. The thing is, is like mo- most millennials care more about you know performance figures and stuff. And the fact that you have a 2 plus 2 is actually really nice. Yes. Anyway, I think... Just like uh, the Nissan Murano cross cab. I'm happy about the, the Miata. Uh, I'm Talk happy about, about the telescoping steering wheel. I don't, don't care. Okay, fine. It's for people... It's for t- That's for Consumer t- Reports buyers. 
Yeah, T Rex can now buy. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex can now buy a Miata. Good for you. Anyway, excellent. Um, All right. So now that that's off, uh, the, the only topic we got left is not even a topic. It's our segment: interesting engineering. Yes. And this, you get to do this. This is one. debatably interesting, but I think it's cool. So you guys know that the I'm vehicle you drive nice. has brake calipers on it, right? If you have disc brakes, yes. assuming you're not pre-war and have four-wheel drums. They had four-wheel drums uh, into the 80s and Volkswagen. They did in a lot of cars, unfortunately. But Volkswagen for the sake of this ones. argument, I'm going to talk about... Argument, whatever. I'm going to talk about brake calipers. The vast majority of vehicles, cars, trucks, have sliding calipers. So it's got these hydraulic pistons on one side of it, and then it free floats on a mechanism. So... It just has force on one side, and it, it's free-floating with some metallic sliders, so it can put the pressure evenly between two pads. A lot of performance cars and a lot of older cars with early disc brakes, they didn't know how to do that, so they had multiple pistons on both sides, or potentially even just one on each side. But what we're seeing on a lot of really modern cars like uh, Porsches, and specifically I want to talk about that stupid Lamborghini SUV, because this is a good example. The Lamborghini Anus? The Anus, correct. Yep, <clears throat> the Anus. <laughs> that thing has the first ever production 10-piston calipers on it. Don't care! And it's an, it's like saying more is better always. The reason why they did it is because they're actually progressively sizing the bore and depth of each piston on this thing to put a greater pad force at the, the beginning of where the pad makes contact to the disc. So if you're moving forward, you have forward rotation, which is going to be counterclockwise on the left side of the vehicle, and the caliper is on the back side. It's a trailing caliper. You're going to have the biggest pistons on the bottom of the caliper. So where the disc is first coming into contact with the pad in the road at Ryan's falling asleep, for the record, which I don't really blame him. It's got a larger piston, and as the <laughs> as the rotation progresses, <laughs> I hope you're watching the video because it's actually pretty good. <laughs> so anyway, um, the piston is the biggest at the beginning because it needs the most force there, which you'll see a lot of times on a sliding caliper in a performance car is the paddle actually wear diagonally because the force can't be put on that evenly. Is, that is a common problem with large right. caliper. So yeah. what they're solving here is just making the pads wear evenly with that many pistons. I think, the personally, the best number of pistons is four. Just, yeah. just get a... Yeah. Or or a good single slider is fine. This like, is... This is this is the brake equivalent of the V16 engine. V16. Cadillac V16. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, you. But uh, this, is you. The bra- this is the brake equivalent of it. Let's just keep adding pistons. Let's just not make it better. Just make it Yeah, better. like let's not make it more volumetrically efficient or anything like that. Let's just make more. It's just a, num- it's a numbers game. Oh, that's, it's also that's, how that's like. That's why your crossover is. It's, it's just a numbers game. 8.1 liters. Yeah. 8.3, 8.4, 8.6. That's fine. How that's, do we need more horsepower? Let's just that's add That's a beautiful thing. That's fine. I'm okay with that. So Big, where, do you, where do you draw dis- the line? Uh, I think the 10-piston caliper is cool, but I would never want to own a vehicle with the that. The thing is, though, is the, the, the line is drawn at how much bullshit do you want to go through? Because I'm willing to go through... Uh, I, I would totally be willing to go through the 16-cylinder bullshit just to have a 16-cylinder. I want a straight 8. But I don't want... Yeah, exactly. Those are cool. I want two straight 8s and, and I don't. sharing a block. I just want a straight 8. But the um, that that's some of your inter- interesting engineering. I think for the next one, I'll take care of that one. Um, straight I, I think I think I'm not willing to deal with uh, ridiculous breaks. Yeah, we'll do straight, uh, and I'll talk about it and why they don't exist anymore. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, I, I, just, I, I think that that would be just knowing that there's a better <laughs> option for brakes. I, again, it, it just automatically assuming that more is better just makes me sad. It's no. saying it, you just you can put something on paper saying that mine is better. I, I go it's into a dick measuring contest. Yeah, it, that, that's exactly what it is. And, and if you drive a I, Lamborghini anus, you have a tiny dick. Yeah, and I. Or no dick. I, and a lot of money to pay for the replacements of the pads and any brake service for that anus. Which is good because <laughs> it's probably really heavy and it also doesn't have a V12. My thing so is, I, I go into wanting a V16 knowing that they suck. Okay. And that's just the fact of life. Dude, that's fine. It's yeah. interesting because it sucks. Exactly. It's fine. All right. I think on, on that bombshell, <laughs> knowing, going into something ridiculous, knowing that it sucks is better than... Because it sucks. Because it sucks. Yes. It's actually interesting engineering. It is. That's why there we, we go. the Nissan Cross Cab. There we go. I do not like that car. Goodbye. I love that thing. Bye. <laughs>